turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Thank you for your presence today. What would it be like to turn away from the only true and living God, the one who gave his only begotten son, the one who knew he would be born in, the one who allows us to live, move, and have our being even before we submit our lives to him, then turn away from him, abandon our faith, and disown him. We should shudder at the very thought of such an atrocity. Listen closely with Bible, pen, and paper handy as Pastor Rander warns us against the dangers of looking back. Preach the truth of your word in the power of the Spirit and help us to be still and know that you are God in your house today. Attune our ears. Father, I pray that Satan not snatch the seed of your word. And oh God, prepare me to be that vessel through which your word flows. Oh God, now, do like only you can do and just help us to hear, trust, and obey. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's children said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. If you have your Bibles, turn with us to the book of Jude. Jude is is next to the last book of the Bible. You'll get there faster by turning your Bible toward the other end. And it's the book just before Revelation. It's a very short book tucked away there just before the book of Revelation. And I'll be dealing with verses 5 through 11 in the book of Jude. Jude verses 5 through 11. Jude is the brother, the half-brother of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and he's confronting the issue of apostasy and apostates and heretical teachings in the life of the church. And uh, he's telling believers uh, during his era to contend to fight for the faith to the glory of God. If you have your Bibles, thus here is the word of God. It says in verse 5, but I want to remind you, though you once knew this, that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those who did not believe. Verse 6, and the angels who did not keep their proper domain, but left their own abode. He has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of the great day as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them in a similar manner uh, to these, having given themselves over to sexual immorality and gone after strange flesh are set forth as an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Verse 8 says, and we'll stop here, Likewise also these dreamers defile the flesh, reject authority, and speak evil of dignitaries. I know I said all the way down to verse 11, but with the time we have, we're going to do verses 5 through 8. And uh, the, the subject of this passage is the danger of apostasy. Repeat after me, the danger of apostasy. Well, you might say, what is apostasy? If we're going to deal with it, you got to know what it is, right? What is apostasy? Apostasy is a falling away. Uh, It is a desertion from the faith. 
It is a disowning of the name of Christ he once professed. It is a person who claims to know Jesus, and then something drastic happens in their life, something that they had to cope with or didn't anticipate, and they get bitter at God, and they just throw God away and walk away. But the truth of the matter is, they never really had Christ in the first place. It's a person who, who say they come to church and they'll come up and see a counselor. They'll sign a form, fill out a card and uh, take a picture and say, I'm a member of this church. But they go through the process of the paperwork, but never have a divine transaction on the inside. And, uh, and so, uh, that person, if there's not a true conversion experience, they are the ones who will turn when times get hard or get offended or something happens in their lives beyond their control. And they say, I don't want this God. I can't stand God. I don't want the church. I don't want no religious stuff. I don't want any of this. And they'll walk away and not come back. You see, and that's that that's apostasy, because really, if you really had a genuine relationship, a genuine born again experience, listen, it is impossible to deny and walk away and never come back. If you've truly been born again, Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again. My friends. I submit that question to you and pose it to you. Have you been born again? Have you been born again? Because only once you've been, once you've been born again, will you remain faithful uh, with the word of God and faithful to the faith to which we have been saved. Uh, let me give you some scriptures on apostasy so we'll be absolutely clear about this business of apostasy. Luke chapter 9 verse 62 says, But Jesus said to him, No one having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. In other words, when you put your hand on that plow, you are to hold on and to press on until Jesus comes or, or else he or either he takes you to be with him. Uh, Hebrews chapter three, verse 12 says, beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. It says beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you a what kind of heart? An evil heart of what? Unbelief in departing from the living God of Philippians chapter three, verses 18 and 19 says, for many walk of whom I have told you often and now tell you even weeping, says Paul, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. Verse 19, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly and whose glory is in their shame, who set their mind on earthly things. And this is one of my favorite passages I'm about to quote, uh, dealing with apostasy. You say, how can people walk away that once named the name of Christ? I mean, they grew up in church and they went to vacation Bible school and all oh, they sang in the choir and all oh, they gave uh, uh, the Lord some money and uh, they used to be a usher and now you can't get them to church and they won't read their Bible and they could care less about God. They haven't been to church in ages. They only come on Christmas, Mother's Day, Easter, blessing of a baby, a funeral, a wedding. That's the only time. And so, so what is wrong with a person who is like this? I have the right scripture for you. 
1 John 2, 19, you need to mark it, highlight it, put it in brackets or something. It says, they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been with us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. I'll read it again. That's so poignant and penetrating. They went out what? From us. They left us. But they left us because they were not what? Of us. For if they had been what? Of us, they would have what? Underline that word. Continue to hold on. Continue to believe. Continue to stand. With whom? With us. But they went out that they might be manifest. In other words, that word means made known that none of them were of us. That's why they left. Beloved, to renounce and deny Christ is a serious grave sin indeed, which results in condemnation and judgment from God. That is why Jude confronts the issue of false teachers, because he knows the disastrous consequences of their evil, seductive agenda. And if false teachers are left unchecked, apostasy will be rampant within the church, which will result in leading saints astray. In this particular passage that we read and we're preaching, Jude gives three, say three, examples of apostasy which led to judgment from God because of rebellion and unbelief. Let's look at the, let's look at uh, verse five. It says, but I want to remind you, though you once knew this, that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those who did not believe. Verse 5 can be labeled learning from Israel's apostasy and rebellious history. Learning from Israel's apostasy and rebellious history. Jude here uses a lesson from Israel's past and apostasy to help the saints avoid the consequences of sin, rebellion, and apostasy today. Jude reminds the church that the same God who delivered Israel out of the land of Egypt from under the oppressive regime of Pharaoh and miraculously delivered them through the Red Sea, destroyed the ones who did not believe and desired to defect and go back to Egypt into bondage. Now, how they going to get back across that Red Sea? I, I don't know, because they had to have God's help to get to the other side. And you will not have God's help if you are defecting from him. Amen. Israel was also judged by God for their lack of faith to enter the promised land under the leadership of Moses. Israel rejected Moses. Israel rejected Joshua and Caleb and refused to cross over into the promised land, which resulted in their wandering in the wilderness for 40 years until those 20 20 years of age and above died, dropped dead uh, because of their rebellion and unbelief. If we learn from history, then we will not be found guilty of committing the same sins, which will result in our being judged by God today. But sadly, in the church, the lessons of many saints are hard learned because of their failure to learn from history. You don't, you can learn, listen, you can, you can look at others and really learn what not to do. 
You know, and if you don't learn from the mistakes and the sins and the rebellion of others, then you must go through the same and have your lessons hard learned. The world in which we now live is undeniable evidence that there is a continual turning away from God. The world has lost God's protection. Yet in the midst of so much of this turning away, God continues to bless his children. Just consider those who appear to have everything lose all that they have, including their lives, because they have chosen to follow their own path instead of the path God chose for them. The tragedies among them is innumerable and continual. We must take heed lest we fall. In other words, listen at this closely. The same God that took Israel, emancipated Israel from under the regime of that crushing regime of Pharaoh, opened up the Red Sea, and Israel walked across on dry ground to the other side, rained down manna from heaven. I mean, brought in quails and a pillar of a fire by night and a cloud by day. And when they desired to go back, to Egypt, rebel against God and defect from God, God destroyeth them because of their unbelief and because of their rebellion. And let it be, let it be known to you today, God still whips, he still chastens, and he still condemns. He's, he, the word of God says in Hebrews, I'm the same yesterday, today, and what? Forevermore. Let's look at verse 6. Are y'all hanging with me? Look at the Bible. You ought to bring your Bibles to church. Now, if you don't bring your Bibles to church, I know you're not bringing it to work and nowhere else. Verse 6 says, And the angels who did not keep their proper abode, but left their own abode, he he has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of the great day. Verse 6 is God's judgment upon fallen apostate angels. Verse 6 is God's judgment upon fallen apostate angels. In this verse, Jude gives a second. This is illustration number two. Uh, illustration number one was Israel's uh, def- wanting to defect back to Egypt. Here's another illustration. In this verse, Jude gives a second illustration of fallen angels who did not keep their proper domain, but left their own abode. The fallen angels mentioned in this verse not only fell from heaven along with Lucifer, they also committed heinous atrocities by, look, by going beyond their own realm of authority given by God, possessing mortal men who had sexual relation with women, producing a generation of demonic, demonically corrupt children, angels. Possessing wicked, corrupt men having sexual relation with, uh, with, with women. What a heinous, atrocious thing. And you say, where is that in the Bible? Well, glad you asked. It's in Genesis chapter 6, verses 1 and 2, and verse 4. In Genesis, it says, when I'm reading from the New Living Translation, it says, when the human population began to grow rapidly on the earth, the sons of God, the sons of God is a reference for, for, for angels, saw the beautiful women of the human race and, and took any they wanted as their wives. In those days, and even afterward, giants lived on the earth for whenever the sons of God had intercourse, the angels had intercourse with human women, uh, they gave birth to children who became heroes mentioned in legends of old. Wow. In other words, not only did they fall from heaven, 
But they wanted to create some kind of race, uh, and they started doing things beyond their domain that God, that was a stench in the nostril of God, and God said, that is far too much, and look what he, look what God does. Because of the implication and nature of their growth of these demonic angels, gross perversion, God delivered this group of demons who committed such diabolical acts in, uh, 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 into everlasting chains under darkness reserved for the judgment of the great day. And you'll find another reference of that in Second uh, Peter chapter 2, verses 4. Are y'all hanging with me? In 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 4, you see what God does with these angels. For if God did not spare the angels who sinned, that's a reference back to Genesis 6, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment. Now, how many of y'all know we have demons in the world today? How many of now if you don't have, if you don't believe in demons, you you really duped. Demons are real. They are real. Hell is real and Satan is real. But these demons were so it's just like having a pit bull that you gotta chain up. You know, you got some pit bulls that are kind of friendly, but I don't know about that. I they all look ugly to me. But uh but anyway, you got some of them they say they won't bite if you how you rear, rear them and breed them and all. I don't know about all that. I just know they got some pit bulls that, that can kind of roam around a little bit, and then you got others that are so vicious you gotta put them on a what? A chain. And these demons were so, so, so malicious, so vicious, so vile, so diabolical. God says, you know what? You demons cannot roam on this earth with man because of what you do. So he banned them to hell. Look, it says chains under darkness reserved for the judgment of the great day. They are so damnable and diabolical until they're too wicked to run loose on this world lest they wipe us out. Verse 7. Y'all hanging with me? Another illustration of apostasy. As Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them in a similar manner to these, having given themselves over to sexual immorality and gone after, look, underline that, strange flesh are set forth as an example, suffering vengeance of, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. This gets even deeper. So we saw the illustration where Israel defected out of rebellion from God, desiring to go back to, to, to Egypt. And then we saw these, these uh, uh, angels who left their abode and they defected and went into another realm that was forbidden by God. Now here's the third one. You have the experience of Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them in a similar manner. Verse 7 says to these, having given themselves over to sexual immorality and gone after strange flesh are set forth as an example suffering vengeance of eternal fire. In other words, verse 7, the label is this. God judges the apostasy of abandoning heterosexuality for homosexuality. Right here in this verse. So it gets even, it gets even more direct. God judges the apostasy of abandoning heterosexuality for 
homosexuality. Now look how quiet it gets. Why don't you say amen? It's right here. You see, the third example Jude gives is God's judgment upon Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them because they defected from God's original design of heterosexual relationship and pursued corrupt, debased, deviant, unnatural lusts for the same sex, engaging in homosexual activities, going after strange flesh. When man and man uh, have intercourse, woman and woman, that is strange flesh which is the sin of homosexuality and also strange flesh is also a reference to bestiality. In other words, when, when man or woman mates and, and commingles with an animal of another flesh, that is strange flesh. And uh, people, people are doing this because animals don't report things. They can't talk. They can't go to CPS and people are having a field day. Now, you won't hear this on CNN. I'm sorry. You see, Exodus chapter 22, verse 19 says, whoever lies with an animal shall surely be put to death. Leviticus 18, 22 says, with homosexuality, that I'm going from bestiality to homosexuality, it says, you shall not lie with a male as with a woman. It is an abomination. Leviticus chapter 20, verse 13. If a man lies with a male as he lies with a woman, both of them, sh- both of them have committed an abomination. They, have sh- they shall surely be put to what? Death. Their blood shall be upon them. You say, well, that's not true today. That was in Old Testament. Listen, listen. What's happening in Genesis, Sodom and Gomorrah was in Genesis. That was before the law. Then God deals with this sin in the law, and now you say, but where is it in the New Testament? Well, I'm glad you asked, because the book of Romans, the book of Romans chapter 1, verses 26 and 27 is very distinct and clear. It says, for this reason, God gave them up to vile passions, for even, the, even their women exchanged the natural use of what is against nature. Likewise, also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burn in their lust for one another, men with men committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which was due. That's in Romans. Well, you say, is there another passage? Yes. In first Corinthians chapter six, verses nine and 10, it speaks to this issue also. And uh, some of you say, well, I ain't no homosexual. I don't do bestiality. But listen, any form of, of pornea, which is, in, which is anything under the umbrella of sexual immorality, puts yourself in judgment with God. So in 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 10, God broadens the list to not only include homosexuality, but other sexual sins that folk who are so-called straight engage in thinking they going to get by. Won't you say amen? Look what it says to straights and homosexuals. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? In other words, do not be deceived, neither fornicators. You know what fornicators are? Those are people who commit any kind of of sexual sins, any kind, premarital sex, 
having sex with your significant other outside of the bonds of holy matrimony, you having sex with anybody other than your husband or wife, you are in big time trouble with God. God does not have blinders on and be sure your sins will find you out. Secret sins on earth is public information in glory. Fornication. Nor idolaters. You say, well, I'm not committing sexual sin. But if you got your cell phone in church and you got to have your Bluetooth everywhere and you can't do without your technology and you can't do without all of these things and you live on it and you die by it and you'll tell us your show, this show after that show, this judge show and the dancing with me show and the this show and this show and the that show and, and every kind of show. Listen, you go to bed with your show. You wake up with your show. You pre pro program your show. That's your idol, baby. It's your idol. Your idol. Nor adulterous. You know what adultery is. It's fooling around with somebody that you're not married to. Yet you married. Amen. And 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 that that's a gross sin too. And if you say, "Well, I ain't no homosexual," but you're adultery, you're still going to hell. Nor homosexual, nor sodomites, nor thieves, thieving, stealing, off the time clock, clocking in but not working in, cheating on taxes. Uh, nor covetous, uh, desiring what other folk have, lusting, mad because you don't have it, getting yourself broke in debt for something that can't do you any good anyhow. Drunkenness. I'm not, you, if you tipsy, you drunk. You drunk. Revilers, revilers, extortioners. We'll, look, we'll, look, none of these will her- inherit the kingdom of God. So he widens the list. I got a whole lot of other lists, but time won't permit. They're listed in Revelation. They're listed all over the Bible. If you haven't torn the page out. Now, let me say a word about lesbianism and homosexuality to, to help you. Now, listen, God, listen, I want you to listen to me real closely. God does not call Christians to be homophobic. Amen. God does not call us to gay bash, to call people who are interested in the same sex, to be calling them names, degrading names. Matter of fact, they are lightening the name so much now until people don't even, now it's all called alternative lifestyle. They're trying to sweeten it all up and, and gay and, you know, you don't hear the word sodomites and all that. That's kind of, that's too harsh. You know, that's not, you know, that's not politically correct. But let me tell you something. Don't ride a hobby horse on certain sins while you running loose in others. All right, I'm I'm just getting nitty gritty. You got to hear this in the church. And listen, listen, homosexuals, they are people too. Lesbians are people too. Whatever sin people do, they are still fearfully and wonderfully made. They are the crown of God's creation. They are human, and they are to be treated with respect and treated with dignity. We must study, meditate, and obey the Word of God daily, lest we fall. The tendency to stray away from God doesn't stop us here on earth. 
The Bible tells us that God's judgment also fell upon fallen angels. In other words, no one is exempt. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located directly at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, 78109, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base.